0: If you can do me a favor, you know, if you ain't that busy If you can throw us down a couple blessings, you know, like One that I don't mess up being a manager
1: We're just three cats and never played a single snap Here to tell you how to draft, win the ship, and run it back the stats ain't tell the story, it's the story of the stats You can stick it to your friends, what's
0: more glorious than that? We're victorious in rap, bringing wrath to our rivals We're here to shun the stats, laugh, and lead you all the titles Stick to the path and follow us disciples The only sin is math and all you need is the Bible It's the
1: fantasy Bible It's the
0: fantasy
1: Bible It's the fantasy hello and welcome to the fantasy bible i am your host nate binder here with me as always is dane dane how are you
0: doing doing great on a wonderful monday afternoon pretty great weather this week in florida uh, nice temperate climate uh the football, for you it rained it rained all day here uh did not it is 70 degrees sunny cool breeze pretty nice i love it um i well, glad yeah. I missed out on that. But, the sun's
1: out now, but it was raining yesterday.
0: Yeah, it, yeah, it sounds like you're lying. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I went
1: basket it to play basketball, and I got all I got all wet. Maybe that was Saturday. It was raining someday this weekend. Anyway.
0: Football. You're here yeah. for football, which we know maybe something about. I don't yeah. know anymore. I mean,
1: I knew that the over was going to hit in that uh, Broncos and uh, Eagles game, and I knew that the Bills – we're gonna win, and I knew that the Bucks were gonna win, and that's why I won two hundred fifty dollars this weekend.
0: Oh wait, the Bucks didn't win, Nathan.
1: Um, that can't be right. That can't be right. <laughs> they, they were yeah. playing the Washington football team.
0: Yeah, they didn't win. Twenty-nine to nineteen. Obviously, <laughs> that,
1: uh, you must have your scores reversed, Dane. Are you sure those oh, scores no. correspond to the right teams there?
0: Yeah, uh, the perennial quarterback of the the millennium, Taylor Heineke, took down Tom Brady, whoever that washed up has been. Is yeah.
1: So it looks because because Tom Brady is trashed. I am now uh, out some money, and uh, yeah, that's very disappointing. Very disappointing result from yesterday's uh, slate of games. Although a great football result, also great to see the Eagles. The Eagles put a bigger beat down on the Broncos and the Broncos put on the Cowboys. So by the transitive property, oh my God, the Eagles beat work. the Cowboys
0: 60 to 6. What kind of pseudo math is that? You can't Well, use... I doubled the, the Eagles score and halved the Cowboys uh, score. Sounds like a very manipulated statistic <laughs> that is rooted in nothing but blind fandom.
1: Well, all uh, right, Eagles. Uh, anyway, on today's episode, we're gonna be doing. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna kind of take stock at the the current top ten players at every position, and kind of see who you know. Maybe it's like uh, uh, the final weekend that you can make a trade. That's probably likely. You have probably one or two weeks if it's not already passed for you, um, and, or maybe you're just trying to get a sense of what these players are going to be to you next season and and for the rest of their careers, like who's going to be sticking around in the top 10 perennially so we're going to be doing top players rest of season and top players rest of our time on this earth which is a uh, root tote which is a fantasy bible sponsored acronym uh so yeah we'll get into a little root tote but before we do that Dane, can you tell the people where to find us on social media
0: (laughs) I hate that acronym so much. <laughs> I just want to be on the record to say that. But you can find us at Fantasy Bible Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and the Fantasybible.com. And we're also live on YouTube Sunday mornings at 11.45 45 AM. Uh we were better than we were the week prior this week. So, you know, keep trending up. Got some good uh good advice dealt out there, a couple of I misses. Think, like
1: we the misses we made weren't like catastrophic though. Like, like no. a lot of the things we said. The could happen did happen they just happened like more in the favor of sometimes the players that we didn't say we would start but we had it we hit good floors for i think all of our picks
0: that's true uh, we did say to start Daryl williams over tony pollard and that turned out to be a ravishing success he was the running back one on the week so
1: yes and hopefully hope some person out. will return um all right i also want to say uh Bumi boomy is seven and three and uh, had another similar to when he picked the Eagles to cover against the, the Bucks, just another miraculous pick by when oh, he picked the Miami Dolphins to cover. And boy, they didn't just cover, they put a stomping on
0: yeah. the
1: Ravens. Um, a little bit concerning for the Ravens. I don't think we've talked about this yet. Maybe we no, did like, on the Sunday show, but
0: yeah, I don't think we touched on it much at all. But yeah, it's. Concerning because the Ravens have a floor of like they barely beat the Lions if you remember I think week three or four whenever that was by just a NFL it was like nineteen to seventeen
1: goal. or something like that yeah, yeah yeah
0: they had to kick the NFL's longest field 67- goal to, and it bounced to it. beat the Lions yeah. Yeah. like ridiculous so they have shown that they are they're mortal they're vulnerable at times and that's not what you want to see if you're trying to make a deep playoff run but at the same time most of the teams in the league have shown that like the Cowboys the Bucks. Uh, I'm not sure the Rams did in a game or two. Yeah. And then like the Titans lost to the Jets, the Bills lost to the Jaguars. Like so many of these teams are just dropping a game to the bottom feeders. And I don't, I don't know what to make of it per se, but I, I guess we'll just try to see who catches momentum going into the last few weeks of the season and see who's stickier than the others. It's like, I remember like there were a lot of things that happened
1: last year that I was kind of writing off because I was like, oh, it's, it's the COVID season. You know, there's a lot of, just you kind know, of weird juju. All the teams not able to practice or prepare like they normally are. And this season marks a return to normalcy or at least closer to normalcy. And yeah, I feel like, uh, you know, parody is ringing true more than ever. So it is. We are seeing some crazy results, but hey, man, it makes for a great time, unless you're betting on these games. Yeah. Uh, all right, Dane, do you have some uh, news? I feel like there's some relevant injury stuff that we might want to talk about.
0: Yeah, there is a bit of news. Let me find that real quick. Um, most notably, uh, I would say, well, I, I don't, maybe not most notably, but very notably, Aaron Jones went down with a knee injury. Um It's reported to be minor, so that's good news for him. He'll be out one to two weeks reportedly. Uh, It's a mild MCL sprain, so it could be longer than that, in my opinion. Depends how quickly they are uh, interested in getting him back out there. The Packers are a notoriously conservative medical staff, so they're not going to rush him out there unless he's healthy. So when he's healthy, you can play him. But the larger story here, which we'll probably talk about later as well, is what that means for A.J. Dillon. He looked I mean, amazing. Yeah,
1: A.J. Dillon looked incredible. I would say buy A.J. Dillon if, if, if someone's possible. willing to give it up because they think like, oh, Aaron Jones Aaron Jones has been mediocre this year. You know,
0: yeah, yeah, he hasn't quite had the game-winning uh, games that he had last year. He had one of them, I believe. But other than that, he's been pretty mediocre. Yeah. Yes,
1: and some really low-floor games. Um so, yeah, I, uh, I am pretty excited about, like, I think it, like I, I saw an argument, uh, today on the, I think it was the fantasy football subreddit that was kind of like, is AJ Dillon going to be more valuable than Aaron Jones? And I, I think very conceivably he could be.
0: Yeah. I saw that as well. Cause he's not competing with the guy behind him. Like Aaron Jones was competing with AJ Dillon. So assuming his workload goes up then yeah, probably, I mean, he's a very talented guy, um, somebody who would shine in his own right. If it was, if he was the starting running back on this team. So uh, yeah, I think, I think his value is very, very close to what Aaron Jones is with some upside because it potentially have more work.
1: All right. Any other news items?
0: Uh, Yeah, I do. Uh, Robert Woods out for the season with a torn ACL. We heard about that, I believe on Friday when Odell Beckham jr. Was traded conveniently to the Rams. They, uh, Turns out they needed him a lot sooner than they thought, so he's probably going to get some work tonight on Monday Night Football. I don't. Yeah, we'll I see imagine, how that goes tonight. Yeah, I imagine they'll work in a couple packages and design plays for him, but obviously they can't install a bunch of things in two days since he's been signed with a team. So uh, we won't see his true potential or what their true plan is for him in that offense, but he should see some work and we'll see if he looks good or not or if he's truly washed. That'll be interesting to see what he does for the rest of the season on that team.
1: Here, Dan, I have a proposition for you.
0: Uh, this sounds like you're trapping me into some deal I don't want to be a part of, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So first, let me, I have a
1: question for you. Okay. And then we'll get to the deal part. Um, I uh, I am in a league where I need to win. It's our. It's the PJPL. And I am up seven points. And I have George Kittle, Kittle going into the matchup tonight and my opponent has Odo Beckham, uh, who is winning.
0: By all logic, you win. You're up seven. You have George Kittle. I don't see how OBJ outscores him by seven, but crazier things have happened, for sure.
1: So here's my proposition for you, Okay. because you feel so strongly about this. Um, If I (laughs) lose tonight, you cover my PJPL entry fee. But if I win, and I make the playoffs, and I win the championship,
0: oh my! Gosh. I will give
1: you ten percent of my winnings.
0: <laughs> keep in mind, he has a three and six record. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I, I'm about to go on a run. No Next deal. I keep climbing. I changed my outlook. FSU Odell Beckham will smash for two touchdowns at hundred yards, and Kittle has no shot of covering that. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) Yeah. All right. This guy doesn't know anything about fantasy football. Uh, That's probably true. (laughs) All right.
1: Uh, Any other news that we need to get into?
0: Yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick likely not coming back this season with his back injury. Very sad. I hope he can at least get healthy, whether his NFL career continues or not to be determined. And then Cordero Patterson has a mild high ankle sprain. Sad to see he's (laughs) breaking out in his year 30 career. Year 30. (laughs) Yeah. 30 30. Timer. Oh man, that was tough. Yeah. Thank you. Um, So the Falcons played the Patriots on Thursday night. There's pretty much no way I'm expecting him to play. Um, I don't really know the length of time that injury will span at this point. We'll see going forward what updates we get, but Wayne Gallman is the next running back behind. I would say I say behind Mike Davis, just because it was Mike Davis and Cordell. Yeah. Patterson. I was like,
1: what about Mike Davis? But
0: uh, Wayne Gallman received 15 touches, I believe, in that game, and Mike Davis only had four. So, Oof, uh, man, Spelman's- what happened to Mike Davis? Yeah, he's done. I think. Yeah,
1: those quads led us astray.
0: Yeah, <laughs> he fell victim to all- the uh, <laughs> one of the sins of fantasy football. There. Yeah, don't <laughs> don't uh, bet too much on the quads. Yeah, don't draft them. on quad photos unless it's HJ Dillon, Apparently, yeah, he's the, he's the quad king right now. Um, yeah. Saquon's coming back. Also, that should be mentioned. uh, Speaking of quads. Speaking of quads, yes. He's the original Saquon god. But uh, all right, that's what I got for news.
1: Okay, cool. Uh, Then, uh, oh, wait, I think I had a couple notes. Um, Okay. These are just kind of um, miscellaneous notes that I wrote down yesterday while I was watching the games. Uh, I'm terrified that Baker Mayfield is going to be the Eagles 2022 starting quarterback.
0: Hmm, that seems very on-brand for for the Eagles. Like, um, He would immediately turn into Carson Wentz 2.0. Like, yeah. like He's playing through injury. He's tough. No one's doubting the toughness, but it's just not conducive to good football. And he makes, I don't know. He's playing because he
1: does... he's trying to get a contract with the Browns. It's his contract year, but it's not yes. going to happen because he's playing absolutely terribly. So some team is going to sign him in the offseason. There's going to be a handful of, free agent quarterbacks available. Baker Mayfield will probably have the highest ceiling. He'll probably have a higher ceiling than anyone in the draft. And the Eagles are probably going to sign him to like a, like a two-year $40 million deal or something like that.
0: Yeah, they very well could. Obviously there are other teams looking for quarterbacks, Panthers, uh, Steelers, Broncos. So it'll be interesting to see how all that shakes out. But I, I sympathize with your fears of Baker Mayfield being your starting quarterback for the foreseeable future.
1: Okay. Uh, Tom Brady, five interceptions in the last two games. The Bucks are one and three without Antonio Brown. Is the Buccaneers season over? Jesus. <laughs> oh, what,
0: what are you, Dan Orlovsky? <laughs> you ridiculous hot takes packaged as analysis. Um, no, man, but they did have a bad game. It was concerning. Uh, one of the picks was not necessarily Tom Brady's fault. Whether you take much stock in that or not doesn't really matter. The result of the games you know speaks for itself you can have a bad play that's not your fault but still win a game so uh we didn't see it here the bucks never really got rolling um i haven't really dived into the box score here let me check tom brady 23 of 34 220 yards two touchdowns two interceptions Leonard Fournette, net 11 carries he had a bad he had an ugly pick too brady yeah he did have one that was egregious so yeah he i'm not trying to shirk the blame for him necessarily but uh yeah, his stat line might look a little worse than I think it really was, but at the same time, if you can't beat the Washington football team, question marks going into the home stretch here of the season, uh, week yeah. 11 upcoming. I, mean,
1: so. I think they'll be fine, team full of vets, but I think they they miss AB a little bit. All right, uh, Seahawks scored zero points, Mr. Limited Russ took zero snaps under center because of his finger. Um, is this offense going to be fine
0: or? Is just no? A, no. <laughs> I mean, I don't think so. I don't think they're going to be fine. They might have better days ahead, and I'm sure they will. His finger should get better as you know the weeks go by. Uh, but I mean, you saw the frustration erupt with TK Metcalf throwing a tantrum at, at the last minute of the game, uh, grabbing as many face masks as he caught footballs that game. Yeah, yeah that, that was early. nuts. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, I understand you're you're. A, competing at the highest level you're a top athlete emotions run high it's a very physical sport but at the end of the day you have to be able to compose yourself and be be sportsman like and that's why they have a penalty for it and he deserved to be ejected but i think that's just a a manifestation of what's going on in that offense i mean his only explanation was i hate to lose like i don't want to keep losing basically so Mm -hmm. uh if that's what's going on in the locker room and he's their best offensive weapon right now so if he's not mentally in it on the same page, buying in willing to put in the work. Like, I mean, it's just not a good sight to see. Like it could be indicating other things bubbling underneath the surface as well, going on there. I don't know. All right. Uh,
1: moving on to chiefs Raiders, Kelsey has looked a little washed this season, still tight end one, still leading all tight ends, I believe in yardage. So a slightly washed Kelsey is still one of the best tight ends in the league. Uh, although, This is probably his best game of the season. Would you say that Travis Kelsey is back into the fold here?
0: Yeah, he's definitely back into the fold. I mean, you're not. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, as like. Oh, back to form.
1: Back to form. Is the Chiefs offense back to doing what it used to be doing and that it's running through successfully through Kelsey and Chyrie Kill for that matter? Because that's what what happened last night, although the Raiders are reeling a little bit um, offensively and defensively.
0: Yeah, I think they showed that they still have the ceiling, which is great to see. Um I'm not necessarily willing to buy in right now that they're 100% back. I mean, Patrick Mahomes still made some high-risk throws that just weren't intercepted, so he got a little bit lucky, but it's nice to see that, you know, they do still have the explosive Chiefs offense that we're accustomed to. Um I think it's, you know, trending well. Like if they can keep this up, then I'll then I'll buy in, but uh I want to see another week of it first.
1: All right. Well said. Uh Speaking of two weeks of things, I think the the Raiders have scored 30 points over across their last two games. Uh, Waller had a bad game. Brian Edwards had a good game. Uh, I feel like any given week, those two names could switch. Just not a lot of consistency out of this this team right now. So um, yeah, not very high on the Raiders rest of the season.
0: Yeah, I would agree. There's going to be some turmoil. And how about TJ Hawkinson? Uh, zero catches for zero. Zero wins. burger <laughs> from TJ Hawkinson.
1: Um, I believe in the in the game where the Lions have come closest to a win, they looked absolutely terrible. So like DeAndre Swift is literally the only good thing about that team. And I guess probably, I'm not really watching what Penny Sewell has been doing. I know he's been better mm-hmm. reportedly on the left than on the right side, but... Uh, yeah, everything else is bad.
0: Yeah. And that's probably why they gave DeAndre Swift 33 carries in this game, which was insane. I had to in do a double take insane. on that. Yeah. He's never come close to that. Honestly. that he's
1: like, wasn't even supposed to be that kind of guy. You know, that's no. what Jamal Williams was supposed to be there for. But I believe he's also injured. Yes. Um,
0: and then Jamar Jefferson, their rookie running back that they signed this year, I think in the seventh round, he got injured. So now it's, I don't it's even remember the guy's names. name, but no. he, that other guy. Oh, also yeah. He had a, he a, a big well. uh, He's he got a hard tough to, pronounce name to pronounce name. Yes.
1: <laughs> uh, I would like It's not that I'm sure it's easy to pronounce once you know it, but if you, you, it's not
0: something God, you remember. Godwin Egwabuke or something like that. I just yeah. looked it up.
1: Uh, well, sorry, Godwin, if we got your name wrong, but
0: yeah. You, you know, if you look, score more touchdowns, we'll be forced to learn how to pronounce it. So keep keep it up, bud.
1: Yep. All right. <laughs> uh, let's get into this top player's root tote
0: god <laughs> all right so top players rest of our time on the earth is what he was going for there uh i guess it's a look at what these players will be worth for your fantasy team for the rest of the season and then a look beyond so um i guess i'll go ahead and give a player's name to start well do you want i thought we could go position by position absolutely that's good which, good way to structure
1: which way which what position would you want to start with
0: um let's start with DK Metcalf. Is he a top 10 wide receiver? Cause he's number 10 right now. Like, I really don't think th- so. I don't yeah, think so. I think he's definitely falling out of there. So. No,
1: look, at, look at these names that are below him. Stefan Diggs, Justin Jefferson, Chris Godwin. I think all three of these could reasonably finish above DK Metcalf. And I think that Mike Williams could maybe have a resurgence and climb back up there, but, uh, Yeah. DK Metcalf. And it's funny, he's next to Michael Pittman who has had a good stretch. So I'll, I'll bounce that back to you. I think DK, my reasons for DK not being good is the inconsistency of the offense, the inability to seemingly find a rushing attack, uh, that they can like rely on week to week without Chris Carson has really hampered, uh, what they want to do. And obviously as well as the Russ injury. Um, so yeah, maybe it's just recency bias with how bad the Seahawks looked. Um, but even when Russ is healthy, this was an inconsistent offense. So, uh, yeah, I do think I don't think DK is going to be in the top ten. I'll do I do expect him to be top fifteen. But yeah, Michael Pittman, what are your thoughts there?
0: Yeah, uh, he's another name I was going to bring up later. Um, I th- I think if they can stay as consistent as they have been the last few weeks, then yeah, he could hang with the top ten. He'll need to. A- a couple touchdowns here and there to do it but um I don't necessarily have the utmost faith that Carson Wentz can maintain a wide receiver one level production consistently week to week but uh, I mean Jonathan Taylor is just obliterating defenses and opening up everything and making it a lot easier on that passing offense so it's certainly possible I I've at least bought in that Michael Pittman is a top wide receiver this year top 20 for sure.
1: Yeah, he's someone that I would definitely think of as a trade target because Carson Wentz is playing well um, the offense is functioning well. Like Dane said, they have what Seattle doesn't in that they can uh, rely heavily on that run game with Jonathan Taylor. And uh, yeah, he's a trade target because he's one of those players that people have preconceived notions about. He's not a Tyree Hill. He's not a name like Mike Evans or Devonte Adams that people have seasons upon seasons of data to rely on. So they'll be less certain on Michael Pittman. And so if you need to take a swing, I do also agree that he should be hovering around the top 10 and he's the, the type of player that I would be interested in. Um, here, here is something that might be a fun exercise. What if I start at the top and then you stop me when I get to a player that you don't think is going to be in the top 10? Okay. Cooper Cup. Yes. <laughs> Ty- yeah. Tyreek Hill. Definitely. Jamar Chase. Yeah. Debo Samuel.
0: As long as he's healthy, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, Devontae Adams.
0: For sure. C.D. Lamb. I believe so. My heart says yes.
1: Mike Evans. Yes. Mike Evans is a no for me, probably. I just Um, think he'll
0: catch enough touchdowns to make it happen.
1: It's definitely possible. He's he's one that could drop a little bit for me. But, uh, all right, Marquise Brown.
0: That's where I say no.
1: Yeah, Marquise Brown is another one. When we talk about consistency, Uh, Marquise Brown is probably the least consistent receiver on this, on this list.
0: Yeah. At least historically, that's what I'm betting on. I'm betting on, you know, some, some wavering passing performances like we saw against the dolphins and just, I don't, I don't think Marquise Brown is an elite receiver, but he's been performing like one this year. Um, We've seen just too many drops from him. Like I just don't necessarily believe in that maintaining at this level going forward. So.
1: Yeah. And the, the golf or the golf, you could say in Cooper cups production, like between him and everyone else is insane.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's 198 points and half PPR that Cooper cup is. And then even Tyreek Hill is 23 points behind the man. And
1: And then has a one
0: less game played.
1: Yeah. Well then go down to Jamar chase and and he's like 50 points less than Cooper cup. And at the number three spot, it's just insane. It's It's pretty wild. Yeah. um, True outlier. And a true blessing for uh, the teams that he's on. So, all right. And anyone else that you think we could really cro- climb back up into this top 10 here? Uh, we mentioned Jefferson and Diggs. Are those the names you're looking
0: at, or is anyone even lower on the list? Yeah, those two for sure. Um, even lower. It gets a little harder when you go lower. T.J. Moore, definitely not based on that offense. Um, I don't.
1: Think and anyone... Allen, when the sleeves come
0: out, he has a tendency <laughs> – can, uh, yeah, perform he just doesn't seem to have a ceiling and that offense has kind of hit a rut right now so he's never been a big touchdown guy and i think that's what it would take for him to climb back up into the top 10 so i'm not seeing that but i think he'll stay above top 20 he's rank 18 and half ppr right now um somebody that could do it is definitely chris godwin he's <laughs> right at right at 11 just outside and then maybe even adam Thielen if uh kirk cousins can keep looking his way in the in the end zone um kind of shocking that he's Fourteenth, there. Um, I didn't really know he was performing that highly this year, but obviously the gap gets very, uh, very slight when you're entering the fifteenth or twenty receivers. There's only ten points separating the fifteenth from the twenty-second player. So,
1: so before we move on to a different position, let's talk rookie wide receivers real quick. Jamar Chase is having a phenomenal season, surpassing even Justin Jefferson's rookie year. He's at the uh, number three spot with 146 points, averaging 16.2 points per game in half PPR. Then you got, you got to get, go all the way down to wide receiver 24 uh, to find Devontae Smith, who's averaging half points a game, having a solid season, but uh, definitely shadowed by what, by, by what Jamar Chase is doing. And then 26 is, of course, Jalen Waddell. And then you have to get much, I don't know who else is like, Rashad Bateman is another name that I want to put in this discussion of these four receivers. Who do you think is moving highest? Like has the highest finish next year. And who do you think has the furthest departure from where they're at this year?
0: Hmm. That's a good question. Um, a lot of it hinges for Devonte Smith on who their quarterback is, because if he's a better passer, you would assume he will have higher volume in that offense. Uh, Jalen hurts. While he's able to do things on, on the ground with his legs, you know, Devontae Smith will never see more than six targets a game in that kind of scheme. So that obviously limits his upside, but I don't think Jalen Hurts will be the quarterback going forward for the Eagles, as you would agree. So I'd, I think he does see an uptick. He's obviously talented, he's creating separation. Um, he, he could definitely be a top 20 receiver. I don't know if he can push the 15 mark. It depends highly on who they get at quarterback. If it's a rookie, then he probably stays about the same just based on, you know, getting acclimated to a new relationship with the quarterback. But uh, I definitely think Jamar Chase is the one here. Um, I don't think it's even close uh, just based on they already have a connection to him and Joe Burrow. It's panning out immediately. Uh, Joe Burrow is still getting back to full health, you could presume. But uh, I just think so, they have a huge ceiling.
1: But what I'm saying is like Jamar Chase is the number three. So you you think he's going to – he can only jump two spots.
0: <clears throat> oh, sorry. So oh, to me, gonna, he's and- going to
1: be the biggest follower because he's like due to naturally regress, especially the way he wins on contested catches, which is like a natural regression point. Like I think he'll still be top 10, but he, he'll be more like 10 than three.
0: Yeah, that's my fault. I thought you meant in the relation of these – players to each other but yeah as far as the rankings go yeah I, I don't see him holding on to the top three just because it's volatile like mm-hmm. you don't really see people repeat often Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams are outliers and that's why they're drafted so high every year um but yeah it's it's very common to see a lot of fluctuation here so um Devontae Smith I don't yeah I could see a metric top 20 so it moved five spots but Jalen Waddle, I think has the opportunity to move more. He's 26, two spots behind him. Again, depends on the quarterback situation. He's getting more volume but at lower average depth of target. So, he might just be like a Jarvis Landry archetype, you know, and that's that's very limiting on his upside. So,
1: I think Waddle for me has the potential to move the, the most from this season to next and it like for keeper and dynasty leagues is probably worth the most investment because It is looking incredibly likely that Deshaun Watson is going to be starting for the Miami Dolphins next year. At least in my opinion, it looks like they're waiting for him to settle his legal issues, which my understanding is that there's movement towards that, Um, like at least the last we heard. um, There were some discussions of settlement. I don't know. I think a lot is going to play out in the offseason, and Miami's going to get aggressive at quarterback. And if Deshaun Watson is the quarterback, then – Jalen Waddell is like instantly a lock for top 24, in my opinion, because he's playing well and, you know, they're, they're already putting a lot on his shoulders, but like you said, it's just like they're relying on him so much in the short yards yardage situations because they can't get a decent run game going.
0: Yeah. I would bet his average depth of target is below five yards. So you, it's going to be tough to perform high at a high level for fantasy uh, with that. But um, yeah, you're right. That, that would unlock him for sure if uh, they got Deshaun Watson in there, man.
1: Rashad Bateman will also probably be a pretty big mover just because he's like, you know, just on sheer rankings because he missed those games. But I also think like he's someone that the offense is already relying on as a possession, move the chains kind of type guy. Mm -hmm. And uh, based on, you know, the historic. uh, I don't know what you want to call it. Not uh, unreliability of uh, Marquise Brown, they really need
0: like a reliable
1: number one target in that offense.
0: Yeah, I think next year it will become clear that Rashad Bateman is the best wide receiver to have. So I agree there. He's going to move up just based on availability alone. I'm interested to see what he can do in that offense. He seems very talented. Definitely the best hands out of that wide receiver core so far.
1: All right, let's talk uh, running back. Uh, we can do this the same way, or do you have any specific names that stick out to you? Because there's one that's glaring out
0: to me right now. <laughs> Go for it.
1: Uh, James Connor
0: the rb9 oh yeah man um it's pretty wild he's even there but it just came off of a three touchdown monster game where he scored like what 40 fantasy points so he has 140 fantasy points and half ppr one game catapulted into that level and he will perform well while chase Edmonds is out at least consistently getting the touches but yeah he could easily fall out um deandre swift should finish above him is what i would mm-hmm. guess and um darrell henderson as well is another name i would say nick chubb nick chubb would if he wasn't injured and even someone like james robinson could catch him up so uh, yeah
1: james connor is definitely a sell high for me not that he's not a talented running back but there's just um that offense is very unpredictable varies a, week, a lot week to week and then once once kyler's back healthy um he's going to be taking a lot more of those those rushing yards um, I know that Connor was essential to that win with Colt McCoy, uh, but now Colt McCoy is also injured. So we should have Kyler Murray back and we should get like back to a little more of a passing attack for the Cardinals. But yeah, uh, James Connor, if you can sell him, so high, if you can, if you're forced to hold them, um, then you kind of enjoy what points you can get at this point. I um, mean, yeah, James Connor sticks out to me. Cordero Patterson, unfortunately injured. So he'll be out for a few weeks. So He probably won't be a finish in the top ten, but he definitely would if he was healthy, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I think it was trending in that direction with the workload they were trying to give him in recent weeks. Um, Yeah, unfortunate. Uh, I hope he comes back soon. He is on a couple of my rosters, and I just I enjoy that narrative. So. Hope to see him get healthy soon um leonard fournette a name that could easily break into the top 10 if uh, he continues to see his consistent level of production uh, ronald jones is not eating into his workload like we thought he would in the off season so uh, a couple touchdowns here and there he could sneak into that top 10 as well that's probably where i draw the line
1: and in, in the running back position we really see how how top heavy this thing is you know oh yeah like you know you you look at the running back 24. It's Javante Williams, Kareem Hunt is the running back twenty-three after being out for a number of weeks. Miles Gaskin, Damian Harris, Michael Carter—no one is really player like happy to have these players throughout the course of this season. Like you're definitely have happy at certain weeks. Like obviously Michael Carter's coming on now. Damian Harris has had some great games, but if Miles Gaskin is like your RB two, as as this says he is an RB two, it's like you're not in a good situation. So it's, it's just crazy how the running back position continues to be top heavy. I think an interesting discussion to have here is do you see a changing of the guard in the top 10 here? We see Jonathan Taylor at the top. We see Najee Harris in is top four. Joe Mixon is finally having the season that we all thought Joe Mixon could have. Are these new names that we're considering in the top five as names like Zeke and Aaron Jones and Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey, who albite has been injured but is also getting older, kind of fade out of of the, you know, like what is what is the number one draft pick gonna look like next year? Is it just gonna be Derrick Henry, even though he'll be, I
0: think, 28? Um, so the If I had to say a top three, it would be Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor, and Derrick Henry. I haven't thought about the order quite yet, but to me that's the top tier right now with what I know. And that's assuming that Henry recovers well from his injury, and that's assuming that Christian McCaffrey does not suffer another injury this year. Um, But those are the guys to me at the top. And then Najee Harris is right there as well. I want to see who his quarterback is going to be next year because that could change. Najee Harris is right
1: there, yeah.
0: Yeah, he's definitely in consideration. Um, you know, I wouldn't fault anyone. If you want to make the argument of him over any of those guys, I would understand, but he's doing it on the back of sheer volume, which is what you want, uh, at the top of the draft. Uh, when you're taking a running back, you want to chase the guaranteed volume and all these guys have it. So that's to me, why I feel confident about that.
1: And how does that slide in there for you?
0: Uh, he'd be in the next tier, just below them. Um, I love to see what he's doing this year. I hope that he stays healthy, but, um, he could also be a name that's in there. If full PPR, he's absolutely top three. So,
1: so for, if, oh, yeah. go ahead. No, that's it. Uh, so for me, like players like DeAndre Swift, like that's a player that, that should be a top five running back. And if his offense was just a tick better, it would be.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. If he was getting the touches, Najee Harris was, he'd be right up there. You know, like the same thing. Or Jonathan Taylor, he, Jonathan Taylor is good at football, but he's doing a lot of it based on, what the offensive line is able to give him. So, you know, they give him an inch, he takes a takes a mile, so to speak. And DeAndre Swift is fully capable of doing that. He's just not given the luxury of that position. So
1: yeah, this is just an interesting conversation to have because I think there's just going to be a lot of value at the running back position next year. We may it might be hard to assess that value, but certain players are going to get overdrafted. Like Cordero Patterson is probably going to get overdrafted yes. next year, no matter what. Um, whereas players that haven't had good seasons, like Antonio Gibson, injured players like JK Dobbins or Travis Etienne, will probably be underdrafted. Cam Akers will probably be way underdrafted um, <laughs> because of that Achilles injury, unless he manages to come back next year, as he was kind of teasing on uh, IG. So, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting to see just some of the names that are sitting in. I mean, Dar- Darrell Williams is the RB18 right now. Whoa, How many weeks has he even been relevant? Like three or four?
0: Yeah, I think four now, Um, at least three and a half whenever Clyde Edwards went out. So, yeah, four weeks of relevance. And he just had a monster 30 point game. So that vaults him up from, let's see, if he, let's say he got 10 points instead of 30, he would be the wide receiver 28. You know, so now he's the one, or sorry, running back 28. So now he's the running back 18 just based on one monster week. But, you know, he could do it again. And Clyde Edwards Hilaire is. Uh, rumored to be back and available next week, but I believe that Daryl Williams has shown enough on the field to cut into his workload, so we could see a 50-50 split there, at least for the first week when Clyde is back.
1: I would agree. I'm also interested to see what names like uh, Elijah Mitchell and Khalil Herbert do next year, especially Elijah Mitchell, who seems to be a clear-cut leader in that San Francisco backfield, which means absolutely nothing. So It'll be really interesting to see. Fair point. Um, Do you want to talk tight end or do you have any more running back points to get to? Uh,
0: No, that's pretty much it. Um, Yeah, nothing crazy jumping out after that. Uh, Tight ends will be interesting to see what you think there. Uh, Who who do you think is going to fall the most? Um, Who do I think is going to fall the most? At least from like the top drafted
1: assets. Oh, from the top drafted assets?
0: Yeah, like the top four or five um, guys, like including Kyle Pitts and
1: Hawkinson. So, oh, Hawkinson, I see falling. I think Pitts is going to stay right where he is at the number five overall. It, it, you know, at, at that Hawkinson, the defense is you know paying a lot more attention. So, you know, so uh, <laughs> as he referenced earlier oh, in the yeah, season. That's right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I I don't think this. I think this is another failed baby grunk experiment here. Uh, although you know he has some talent, but. He's probably the most overdrafted of these tight ends. Um, But when you look at these top tight ends, Hunter Henry, I think is going to be relevant. Like, he just keeps catching touchdowns.
0: Yeah, I know. He's like unsustainably catching touchdowns. It's not
1: unsustainable when it happens like six weeks (laughs) in a row.
0: I know. And I understand that. Like, why wouldn't you want a tight end who's catching a touchdown every week? But. If he wasn't, he would be irrelevant. He'd be beyond tight end twenty. Like I so, want to hear
1: a little more Pat hype. They're doing this thing. They're mixing in the Brady <laughs> offense. They're doing the twelve personnel like we thought they would. They just yeah. crush
0: the Browns.
1: And and you don't think that Hunter Henry can well, finish as a top five tight end?
0: You also have to consider that Johnny Smith has been out the last two weeks, so you know that that, that surely impacts his ceiling and touchdown opportunities. Not to say they won't continue, but I think that. It's you know a statistical probability that he will not catch a touchdown every week. That's just how it goes. So, I heard um, him catch a touchdown this week, and I said, "That's it. This
1: is Hunter Henry's catching a touchdown every week for the rest of our time on this earth."
0: Yeah, and he did catch two, which was pretty crazy. I believe he had what three catches and two touchdowns, like a Mike Evans line or something. So, yeah, yeah. I
1: mean, he's just heavily used in the red zone packages, and Mac Jones.
0: Yeah, he's looking good. Mac Jones is slinging,
1: slinging short yardage dimes, but dimes all the same.
0: Yeah. He unfortunately can't be used in single quarterback leagues yet. Maybe they'll unleash him next year, but I don't know. Not necessarily betting on that. But I don't I even love- know if he
1: can be unleashed. I think we're seeing <laughs> him unleashed in a way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's he's fun to watch. Well, he's not fun to watch. It's fun. He's actually not very fun to watch, but it's nice that he is the best rookie quarterback.
0: I will accept that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you think about Mike Gesicki? Do you think he's a pretender up here? He's sitting at tight end 4.
1: Uh, yeah. I don't know if that's just old prejudices, but he's been so inconsistent in the past and there, it's on a inconsistent offense that just I don't know. I I I like the thing is Mike Gesicki has performed pretty consistently all year. So, but I I personally I'm uh, not a fan I don't see him finishing. I think Kyle Pitts will finish over him um but he's really yeah. the only name like like Dallas Goddard had a had a bad game because he got knocked out with a concussion. If he misses the next game, there's no way Dallas Goddard can climb ahead although no, yeah, I do think we're gonna see not. like a couple 20 point Goddard games in the in the future weeks which is going, like, for a tight end, 20 points is enough to move you up several spots.
0: Yeah, I think that's what's important to talk about when we're talking about, like, the tight end for Mike Kosicki is 88.9 points. And then the tight end, let's go to 12, is 71 points, Ertz and Dallas Goddard are tied there, surprisingly. Um, So... Yeah, there's not a big disparity here. And another thing, Gasicki has not had his bye week yet, so that inflates him a little bit. If if he did have his bye week, he'd probably be like tight end eight. And that's where I think he'll finish the year, between eight and 12, somewhere around there. I don't think he's going to hang with the guys who are getting a lot more dominant target share on their offense, like Kyle Pitts, Darren Waller, TJ Hawkinson. I just think by volume, eventually it'll work in their favor and they'll supersede him. Dalton Schultz, though. let's Let's talk about Dalton Schultz. How do you feel about him?
1: Um, like he was one of the names when I was first looking at this, when I was like, eh, like, yeah, he could fall out, but he's also the tight end eight, which is like not really that impressive to begin with. Right. If that makes right. sense. Like, I think now that Dawson Knox is back, he could easily supplant him. No could Easily supplant him. CJ Azuma could easily supplant him. I think Goddard definitely has a chance to climb. I think Pat Fryermuth is coming on pretty mm-hmm. strongly. Um, And is getting a lot of volume. So Schultz is one of those guys where if if you have him, you're happy that you have someone that you can be like, all right, I I can. This guy has a ceiling. I can put this guy in, and he can get me some points. It's possible, but no one's out there trading for Dalton Schultz. I think I don't think he's going to be drafted uh, as the tight end eight next year no
0: very likely not yeah i think once you get to him like after that you could argue that that's like the streaming tight end area where you can probably have a better weekly matchup uh with say someone like a zacherts than dalton schultz might have that week and so he's he's a benchable tight end so i think once you go past like hawkinson waller pitts those guys you can definitely bench dalton schultz for somebody who you presume to have a better opportunity that week but yeah, I don't think he's anything special necessarily going forward.
1: So uh rank these tight ends for me in 2022. Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, and Kyle Pitts.
0: So it's still Travis Kelsey. Uh, if we see more from Kyle Pitts in the last few weeks of the season, then I would put him above Mark Andrews just based on I think he'll have more volume, but I would just take Mark Andrews on the better offense, who still has a connection with Mar Jackson, even though I, I don't necessarily think Mark Andrews is the most consistent tight end, but I mean, he has way more upside in their current form. But if we see an emergence of Kyle Pitts a little more, then I'd be willing to put him right next to Mark Andrews.
1: Yeah, I think my like I think that you're right, and that's how they'll be drafted. But I think Andrews and Pitts could very likely finish over Kelsey this year. I mean, we've seen, Kelsey Kelsey is not physically dominating. He's struggling to separate. And he's still, of course, as we said, the number one tight end with like 20 more points than the guy below him. But, you know, if we start to see it this year, who knows what it could look like next year. Yeah, that's fair. Not not to mention that are having a little bit of an awakening that this two-piece offense is not
0: going to be sustainable. Oh yeah, the cover two offense is just blanketing their entire production. It's
1: (laughs) oh, and that's why Kelsey thrived. Is they just used him as underneath, like the end. All right, well, we can't get these chunk yards just because of the the safeties. So we're just gonna soak up Kelsey yards underneath and rely on him to get some yards after the catch.
0: Yeah, he's very good at finding the soft spot in the zone defense in the middle of the field, which when you see him make big plays, that's where he's catching the ball. And that's how he's doing it. He's like two yards open because he understands the defense and he understands that Patrick Mahomes will know he's going to be there. Um, So when you see that work, uh, he's clearly the tight end one. But uh, if he starts to physically lose a step, then it'll be very hard for him to succeed similarly than he will but uh let's talk to quarterback position if you have a name there and then before we wrap it up uh do you think Patrick Mahomes is officially back
1: um because
0: he's still the number one quarterback right
1: now he's still the number one quarterback so technically he never left I (laughs) I uh I think that we're seeing that there's a a greater floor than we ever thought possible but I also think that Andy Reid is smart enough and Patrick Mahomes is capable enough that they can self-scout and evaluate during the season, which is very difficult for a lot of teams to do. But I think they're they're capable of shifting. And that's kind of what we saw last night is like Mahomes being more willing to take the deep or the underneath stuff and, and being more accurate on it. Because that's been the other issue is he's been missing some of those easy sort of gimme passes. So I don't know if Mahomes is... Is back to uh I want to say 2018. Whenever that he had that incredibly insane uh 50 touchdown season, but um levels, but he's definitely reliable, and I do think he's gonna finish as the number one. Overall, quarterback, unless Jalen Hurts does, which is a real possibility, and I just want to say that I predicted that in the off and that it's probably going to happen because the Eagles' schedule really opens up and they're relying on him way more in the
0: run game. As crazy as that sounded when I when I was forced to hear those words, and the, yeah, you might be right that it could barely. I said if he and-
1: plays a full season, it's it's just probably going to happen. And the thing that I never thought was going to happen is that he's going to play the whole season.
0: Yeah, yeah. For fantasy, running is just a cheat code. So that's very – I didn't even realize he was the quarterback three tied for quarterback two basically with Josh Allen. But uh, he has one more game played than Josh Allen, so um, something Late to by. consider as well. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, but, yeah, like that that Eagles offense just gets – or Eagles uh, schedule just gets crazy from an opponent perspective moving forward. But Jalen Hurts, also the quarterback least likely to be <laughs> – a top five quarterback next year i would say
0: uh so let's talk about tom brady so he's quarterback four right now in uh you know standard quarterback scoring um do you think he'll be drafted differently than he was this year or do you think no yeah i don't think so i think he'll still be drafted in that like eighth or tenth or twelfth quarterback off the board somewhere in there
1: because two things like he'll be another year older I've and heard the thing, that one before. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But the the cracks show. Like when you see the cracks like that, that's what scares people off. Like like the fact that Tom Brady does have a couple of fluky games a year where he does look his age and he does make a dumb couple of dumb turnovers is enough to make like reset people's expectations. Even though he'll probably win the Super Bowl this year, going into next year, and and think like I don't know, this is the year that Tom Brady. You know, if even if he doesn't fall apart, he's gonna score like 14 points a game. Um, so I also like the 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 one thing that was like like how do I say this? He should have been drafted higher because of how consistent the Bucks offense remained, but and I don't think it's gonna be like that consistent going forward. Like I don't think Chris Godwin's gonna be on the team. Um, I don't That's think fair. Gronkowski is gonna be on the team you know, there's, there's going to be missing pieces.
0: Yeah. That's a very good point. Yeah. We should see some, at least some changes and that will scare it off enough people away. Um, Super Bowl, Tom Brady versus Mac Jones. That would be legendary.
1: That would be legendary. (laughs) I would be reading. I say Mac Mac Jones, Jones. but
0: but it's really the Bill Belichick versus Tom Brady narrative. And then Mac Jones is like, are you for real or not yet? Let's prove it. Um, That would be just crazy.
1: I don't think that's going to happen, but I don't think that so. happened. The Patriots um,
0: have a 71% chance to make the postseason as of now. That's pretty Yeah, good. No, I mean, I
1: think they're definitely going to make the postseason, but I don't think. I mean, the thing is, I do think they could beat any team in the AFC, but I don't know if they could beat like three teams in the AFC in a row, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, they are on a four-win streak right now, but your point stands, you know. They, they have a couple tough matchups coming up against the Bills, and I do believe they played Titans once as well, so.
1: Right, like, I think they can beat the Bills. I think they can play the Titans. But if they have to play the Bills, the Titans, and then the Ravens or something? Yeah, like, I, yeah, yeah. I,
0: yeah they'll drop a game, I, yeah, I think. Yeah, uh, but A man can dream.
1: <laughs> it's still great to see. I mean, like, I, I like that we're, we, we can cool it on the Bill Belichick slander because I was having a little... I had a little enough of that. Um, All right. Any name on this list that sticks out to you? Something that sticks out to me is quarterback depth is great this year. I mean, Dak Prescott is the QB nine here. And and, and obviously he's missed some games from injury, but for the most part, you've been pretty happy with Dak Prescott as your quarterback. Joe Burrow is QB 12. You've been pretty happy with Joe Burrow. If you're having to start him week to week, it just I think there are 12 startable quarterbacks that like you're not super upset about having to roll them out on a weekly basis
0: yeah I think you're right and then you can't really even differentiate any of the quarterbacks because they've all had a bad game or two so exactly it's not like anyone is just constantly top three quarterback it's you know there's always fluctuation um at that position on the week-to-week basis but yeah, as far as long-term consistency goes, um, there's really not the biggest difference between quarterback four and quarterback 12. So that's kind of why we shy away from drafting quarterbacks and tight ends early, or sorry, in the middle rounds, because you either got a really good one or you're just getting the best of the worst. And it's not like a difference maker for your building your team, so.
1: So as we wrap this discussion here, are there any, like, do you want to give me your top four quarterbacks going into 2022 that you think will be drafted it's probably very similar to what it was this year
0: yeah i think so i think patrick mahomes josh allen kyler murray lamar jackson honestly just based on that rushing floor um i don't see why it would change necessarily
1: i think you named the four names that i would name maybe not in that order but around there um if the Eagles decide to run it back with Jalen Hurts, I would also put him in that that consideration.
0: I think he should be in that consideration. He should be probably the fifth quarterback to go. Um, but yeah, if they do resign him, that would be interesting. Um, or, or if somebody else decides to roll with him, you know? like Then consider that. What if they a team needs a quarterback, right? And there are plenty of them out there that will need yeah. a quarterback next year.
1: So do you buy into the idea of QB development?
0: Not entirely. No. I mean, yeah, I think neither
1: do high, which is why it's so hard be to believe growth. in Jalen Hurts. Yeah.
0: But yeah, like growth, be growth beyond
1: the ability of like doing something that you've never really been capable of. You know right. what I
0: mean? The only one who's ever done it drastically is Josh Allen.
1: Josh Allen, exactly.
0: Yeah. And he had just a cannon of an arm, like freak of nature arm that he shouldn't have been able to just flip a switch and become a top passer in the league, but he did. And we haven't really seen anything like that since. Like, I mean, look at Sam Darnold is a very recent example of that. Yeah. I mean, Justin
1: Herbert is doing things in the NFL that he didn't do in college, but it seems more of a linear growth pattern there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I would I would agree. I don't think we're going to see another Josh Allen type transition in a a while. You know, I think that was an anomaly and. Yeah, you should see growth year to year. Like, quarterbacks should get better from their rookie year to their fifth year just based on understanding the game and comfortable in the offense and all that. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think fundamentally you can just change drastically. Change those stripes, yeah. Yeah, I think. So, like, Jalen Hurts is never going to be a top passer in the league. Just because we saw Josh Allen do it doesn't mean it's <laughs> going to happen for him. So, um, that's just but- how it is.
1: And so then there's the idea that he doesn't need to be a top passer. If he can start working the left and the mid- middle a little bit more once he gets more comfortable and the Eagles build around him in the run game, he can be a starting quarterback. But can that win Super Bowls? So far, no. It's, it's,
0: yeah. 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 So <coughs> let's see Lamar Jackson do it. Yeah. I'm rooting for you, Lamar, because that will, that, if
1: Lamar Jackson wins a Super Bowl, that'll be a paradigm shift.
0: Oh, yeah. It'll have coaches everywhere buying into that idea a lot more, even though we have seen it gain popularity in the last three years. So yeah, I would love to see that. He's a great player to watch.
1: All right. This has been tote Join us on YouTube this Sunday uh, at 11 45 AM for our live show. It was popping this Sunday. Join the good people having a good time in the chat. Uh, you can find us at social media at fantasy Bible pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And that, Is all I have for you. Dane, anything else? Uh, No, thanks for listening and appreciate you.